Good morning, and welcome to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN, where our goal every Sunday is to entertain, enlighten, and expose you to information that could lead to positive change in your life. I'm Larry Hardesty. My guest this morning is Christine Jones. She's the Chief Operating Officer with the Prostate Cancer Foundation. So if you're preparing a nice Sunday breakfast, chilling on a Sunday morning, preparing for a virtual sunrise service, or about to hit the road for an early run in the snow, remember your mask and social distancing, Thanks for making us a part of your morning. We'll discuss prostate cancer next on New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. As GoDaddy's first lawyer, Christine made it a priority to establish GoDaddy as a leader in the fight to make the Internet better and safer for users, particularly children. She has testified numerous times before the U.S. Congressional Committees in Washington, D.C. about various issues related to the Internet. She also helped drive federal Internet regulation uh, legislation, including laws to keep the website safe from child predators and rogue online pharmacies. For example, she led an organized effort to push through bills such as the Ryan Hate Online Pharmacy Consumer Protection Act to protect our children act and keeping the internet devoid of sexual predators act. Now these bills were signed into law by president Bush in October, 2008 and have been used by law enforcement and others to shut down illegal online drug sellers and to prosecute online predators. A couple of years ago, she also served as CEO of the great hearts Academy, the largest uh, provider of K-12 classical liberal arts education in the nation and has been a guest lecturer at numerous law schools and graduate business schools around the country. Join me in welcoming back Christine Jones to New York Sports and Beyond. Hi, Christine. Happy New Year. Larry, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for having me back. You're always so generous with your time and just a real thrill to talk to you, you know, just the weekend after the Super Bowl. So congratulations to you and all the Bucks fans. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, listen, We'd love to have you on because you've got something important for my audience. And you know how I am about uh, cancer and how it's affected members of my family, how it almost affected me. So that's why I love when you come on to answer some questions, some things that have improved uh, and how we can beat this cancer, whether it's breast, breast cancer, colon cancer, and in this case, prostate cancer. And that leads us into the third annual uh, Prostate Cancer Foundation Black History Month Assist Challenge. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. For the third year, the Prostate Cancer Foundation has drafted teams from the NBA to help us fight prostate cancer, bring awareness to the disease and the disparity of of the disease, particularly in black uh, black men. And so, you know, we're, we're really just out there in the community. And of course, as I say, you've always been so generous with your time, but we really want to, we really want to point out to people, whether they're basketball fans or not, that this is a disease that affects one in eight men. And it's one in seven in the black community. And it's really important that people know about it and that they understand what they need to do to get themselves prepared to uh, know how to get tested, know how to get screened, know what to do if they do. And so just thank you so much for drawing attention to it. Now, Christine, what's very important about this, and I'm going to put it, it's going to sound kind of weird how I'm going to say it, but it's important, is that obviously our focus has been, and rightfully so, on the COVID-19 pandemic. 
But I think in focusing so much on that, some of the other illnesses have taken a back, stay, a back uh, step to it. And so I really was happy that you're coming on today to focus on the fact that, hey, I know we're focused on COVID-19 pandemic right now, but you still need to get tested for prostate cancer because, what is it, a 99% survival rate if, they, if, if it's caught early? Yeah, and I'm so glad you made that point because everybody is focused on COVID. You know, for a long time, we were focused on testing and then we were focused on therapeutics and now we're focused on vaccines and we all should be. It's such a serious, serious problem. And, you know, now close to 450,000 Americans have died as a result of it. But we really have seen people stop being screened for other things. They stopped going to the dentist. They stopped going to the doctor. They stopped getting cancer screening. In fact, we've even seen people stop having cancer treatments, and it's really important for people to know. COVID is important, but it doesn't stop cancer. And if you don't know, because you didn't go to the doctor and get screened, you may not have a chance to live into that 99% success rate. But if you do, if you go get screened and you understand and get diagnosed early, you do have about a, almost a 100% chance of survival. So it's so important. And now we know all the protocols are there to keep people safe and keep people healthy so that when you go into a hospital or you go into your doctor's office, you go into the blood lab, you know, they, they understand how to keep you from transmitting the viral plague so you can go ahead and get these other health concerns addressed. It's important, Christine. There's no question about it. And, and you you know, because we're ESPN, we got some stats for folks <laughs> because you got to put it in numbers. Well, right? I, I wouldn't think anything left. <laughs> <laughs> so let's put it in some numbers. This year, it's projected nearly 249,000 men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer and more than 34,000 will die from the disease. That's one new case diagnosed every two minutes and another death from prostate cancer every 15 minutes. So that's why we stress to wives, to moms, to sisters, to aunts, to make sure that you get your husbands, brothers, family members to go and get tested early. Yeah, that's right. And we know that women in particular can be very persuasive. Uh, some men might consider that nagging, but Women can be very persuasive in these conversations, whether it's their parents or grandparents or, like you say, brothers, uncles, sons, whoever it is, husbands, to say, look, I have to go in for my breast cancer screening, and I don't particularly enjoy it, but your test is so much easier. It's just a blood test. You're going to get your blood checked anyway. Go ahead and ask your doctor to test your PSA while you're at it, and let's go ahead and find out. But it is super important the women in the lives of men, women who care about men, to have that conversation and don't stop having the conversation until they actually go. And I'll tell you what, we have a lot of women that come back to us and say, I heard your message. And not only did I never stop nagging, I actually made the appointment for him and drove him to the place to get the test. And he came out positive, got diagnosed early, and his life was saved as a result. So, you know, it, we cannot overemphasize the need for that because, look, Somebody dying every 15 minutes from a disease that was treatable is just unacceptable in America in the year 2021. It's just unacceptable. You would never, you would never drive your car into a bridge embankment if you knew that you could put your brakes on and save yourself, right? This is exactly what we're talking about here. Yeah, there's no question about it. 
And yeah. Christine, while we're talking to the ladies, let's talk to the guys also, because if you're a father or a brother and you have, you know, possibly developed it and uh, were cured from it, it could be hereditary. So you may have brothers or cousins or relatives who also may get it. Yeah, what we know now is that for men who have a history of prostate cancer or even breast cancer in their family, they can be twice as likely to get the disease themselves. And we also know that historically, a lot of men don't share this news with their kids. They get a, a cancer diagnosis and they don't want to worry the kids, so they never tell them. They just undergo the treatment. They end up being fine. That's really a mistake. Because if you have the family history, you have such a heightened risk, right? Prostate cancer is the single most heritable form of cancer. So it's super important if you have a, a, a history of cancer of, of those types in your family to go and start early, right? You know, for particularly for black men, if you would start at the age of 40 talking to your doctor about this, that would really help sort of, you know, increase your odds. And statistically, if we go back to the sports metaphor, statistically, you're going to have a much better chance of surviving. So getting, getting that message out to family members, and please don't be embarrassed to tell your family if you're going through the treatment, because you may save your son's life or your nephew's life or your grandson's life as a result of doing that. That's the voice of Christine Jones. She's the COO of the Prostate Cancer Foundation. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. If you have any questions about prostate cancer, go online, pcf.org. More with Christine Jones next when New York Sports and Beyond returns on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for stopping by New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's continue my conversation with the Chief Operating Officer of the Prostate Cancer Foundation, Christine Jones. Christine, through your conversations with the various people and doctors and researchers, have we figured out why African-American males seem to be more susceptible to prostate cancer? Well, as you know, we've spent an enormous amount of money over the last 25 years trying to figure out why this disparity exists. Black men are, are almost 80% more likely to get the disease and more than twice as likely to die from it. And, you know, that's just not okay with us. So we have spent tens of millions of dollars on research to try to figure this out. I'll give you a little good news and then get back to the disparity. The good news is black men respond to the treatment just as well as white men. So if you get diagnosed and treated, you fit into the 99% survival rate category. But we think and we don't know for sure. We know there's a genetic predisposition, particularly for men of West African descent. We know that there, we're developing now the Smith Polygenic Risk Test, which he said was funded by Robert F. Smith, actually, a great philanthropist and wonderful businessman, to help us detect early a propensity, a more, more high likelihood for men uh, of African descent to get the, the prostate cancer gene. But we also think it might be some environmental some resistance just to medical care in general, you know, some, some suspicion about historical trends among black people in clinical trials, you know, all of these things come together to make it critically important for this message to get out. But we also are so focused on trying to figure out why the disparity exists and to try to prevent it that, you know, black men, while we're trying to figure this out, can do a couple of really simple things. Like things that you eat, you know, don't eat charred meat, don't eat fried foods. You know, I mean, there's some really some eat broccoli. There's some really simple things that you can do to try to reduce your risk while we're trying to figure this thing out. 
but you can't say it enough. The most important thing is when you go to the doctor, you got to say, hey, can you tell me what my PSA is? And, and you start getting screened, start tracking that number. And, you know, when it starts to rise, your doctor can give you advice on how to proceed from there. So it sounds like a good rule of thumb for all men is the diet is really important, isn't it, Christine? It is so important. And we have excellent free publications at PCF.org. And this isn't just for people with cancer. This is for any human being that talk about things that are ideal for you to eat to help you avoid the risk of cancer and then, you know, sort of to, to peacefully coexist after you've been treated for cancer. You can download those guides for free on our website. But what you eat really does matter. Your microbiome really does control a lot of what happens in the health of your whole being. So, you know, you, you love to have a barbecue and you love to, to cook the meat at a super high temperature. You know, just turning down the flame and cooking it a little bit slower and not doing the grill marks. Believe it or not, that helps. <laughs> I mean, pretty simple stuff, right? Yeah, do, I love charred meat too, but I've stopped eating it now that I've been running the Prostate Cancer Foundation for a few years and understand that that increases my risk of getting cancer. And obviously for men, I would think, uh, Christine, the older we become, the more susceptible we are to the disease? For sure. And you started to talk about the age for screening. We would usually say for white men, start getting screened at 50. For black men, start at 45. But if you have a history of cancer in your family, start five years earlier. So, yeah, we, we know that if you, if you focus on the age, it's, it is a factor. And the older you are, the more likely you, you, you are to be diagnosed with prostate cancer. But we also have, you know, I just heard from a guy yesterday, 46 years old, who just was diagnosed with prostate cancer because he heard an ad in the Atlanta market because the Atlanta Hawks are part of the Black History Month. This is challenge. He went to get his PSA tested. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He did that because he saw that ad. So for every single person who hears your show, if they would just make a mental note about this, and by the way, this is not an expensive test. It's not invasive. Like I said, it's just a blood test, right? They, you know, any, any sort of over 40 male could start to have this conversation with their doctor. And Christine, is there a number range when you go to the doctor that you're concerned about that the, the PSA, the PSA uh, test has to be within to know that you're okay or you may need work or, oh, we've got a problem? Well, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to make an absolute statement about that. I will mm -hmm. say it's like golf. The lower the score, the better. Mm -hmm. the, if it's zero, that's great. That's <laughs> if, for sure. If there is no PSA, <laughs> that's the best, right? So yep. a low number would be, you know, in the one to two range when it starts to, to either go up rapidly or, you know, reach a, a higher number over time is when you would, probably your doctor would refer you for maybe additional screening mm -hmm. or to go to a urologist or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Christine, let's talk a little bit more about the challenge and we'll come back with some more uh, issues with prostate cancer. But I want to make sure we understand who uh, the other teams that are involved and how did this come about? Yeah, so this year we've got the Hawks, the Chicago Bulls, and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, last year we had the Sixers and the Pistons and the Pacers and the Nets. And, it, you know, each year different teams participate. Uh, the NBA as a league this year has joined us, but it really came about because I was thinking, how could I get the, the message out to the most number of black men because we're super focused on this disparity issue in the shortest amount of time? And we looked around, you know, 
people will advertise on the Super Bowl, you know, 100 million people watch the Super Bowl or something. But but it it just turned out that the NBA has the highest number of black players, about 80 percent of the players in the league are, are black now. And a disproportionately large percentage of the fan base is black. So I thought, well, my gosh, why don't we go out to the fan base? Because I can get a much broader message cast. And so the Atlanta Hawks just were so generous. Their owner, Tony Ressler, and the whole team there has just sort of opened the, the door and laid out the red carpet for us. That You know, Grant Hill, who's the part owner and the chairman there, our vice chairman, um, has done PSAs for us every year. Emory Healthcare, who's their their partner in health uh, for the team has, you know, done testing. I mean, they've, they've really, really helped us model this so that other teams who get involved can just sort of say, okay, this is what we're going to do at our own market. And it's amazing, Larry, you know, this, the, the power of the influence of a player in the national basketball association for the people who follow the game is really profound. So if a guy like Grant Hill or Dr. J who did an ad for us last year or whoever, right. Say, say a famous player, if those guys look in the camera and say, this is a real thing, and I want you to really take this seriously, fans do. And so it's been hugely, hugely helpful. Just in Atlanta, we know, based on statistics from the last two years of doing this, that the number of men requesting a PSA test after February has increased. It's wonderful. That's saving lives, literally. And your show today is going to save some lives because somebody is going to go ask their doctor about this after hearing this interview. Well, I appreciate that, Christine, and, and that's why we have you on, because we really want to make sure that we drive this point home. Is yeah, there yeah. A, a little different challenge this year because in so many arenas with the COVID-19 pandemic, you don't have the fans in there where you could walk through and you get that, you know, that, hey, make sure that you got screening, that really hand-to-hand, face-to-face, you know, encouragement to go out and get something. What, what's the challenge now because we don't have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fans in the stands, so to speak? It's a hundred percent more challenging. I mean, usually we do in arena broadcasts and the announcers in the arena talk about it and it's on the jumbotron and, you know, so yes, it's, it's a lot more challenging, but as you started out the hour, we want to be focused on COVID just like everybody else, right? The NBA, the teams, all of us are focused on please go get vaccinated and please help save other people around you. Right? So we understand that nevertheless, we can do social media, we can do broadcast, whether it's radio or TV, we can do in-game announcements, not to the fans in the stands, because there aren't any, but, you know, to the people who are watching the game. And it it still helps a lot. And over time, you know, please, I'll I'll just whisper a prayer right now that we can get back (laughs) in the stands and get back in the stadium at some point. But over time, as people come back, we can enlarge that to more teams and, and, you know, broaden the message. But this year, we're really focused on getting it out in the different forms of media. Christine, from the time you've been with the Prostate Cancer Foundation, let's let's talk some positives here. Let's talk about what we now know from the time you've walked in until right now, how we've we've you know made improvements, how we found certain things, how we've got that survival rate to ninety nine percent if we do it early. That's a positive. Let's talk about that that trend. That's right, and I'm glad you bring that up because there really is a lot of good news. So, you know, 27 years ago when the Prostate Cancer Foundation was founded, there were very few treatments and the death rate was extremely high. Since that time, the death rate is down about 52%. We figure that's around a million and a half men who are alive today because of the research that's been funded by the Prostate Cancer Foundation. You know, 12 new FDA-approved drugs and we've got clinical trials going 
literally all over the world to find new treatments that both help get rid of it or, you know, extend lives and, and, and give better quality of life. So there really is a lot of good news. The, the fact that really, really generous people are willing to help us fund research that talk, that goes directly to disparity, for example, really good news. And, and, you know, all of us have been focused on this for the last, you know, year as just sort of the zeitgeist in the community is really focused on disparity, not just in health, right, but in a lot of different areas. So that's helped. That's been good news. Saying, I believe that Black Lives Matter, not just when you're talking about policing, but I believe that Black Lives Matter in every single context, including in healthcare. that's been really positive. So, you know, there is a lot of good news to report. And the best news of all is, you know, prostate cancer is the breast cancer for men. It, it is as common. It's the most diagnosed cancer among men, except for skin cancer. And just as many men are getting prostate cancer as women are getting breast cancer. But, you know, the good news is you have almost a 100% chance of surviving now, whereas before you had a very, very, very high likelihood to die from this disease, and you don't have to anymore. So I count that as really good news. Definitely. It definitely is. Christine Jones is our guest, COO of the Prostate Cancer Foundation. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN on a Sunday morning. We thank you for joining us. I'm Larry Hardesty. Christine, are there any symptoms? Is it a situation where you say, okay, well, I'm not feeling well. I've got pain. I've got something. Are there symptoms to urge people men to go and say, okay, I need to get my blood checked for prostate cancer. There really are very few symptoms, and this is why you may have heard of, heard of prostate cancer referred to as the silent killer, because it's not like a lot of other forms of cancer where you may have pain or, you know, a lump or, you know, a headache or, or whatever the thing is. It's really very, very sinister because it doesn't really warn you. And if you start to get warning signs, whether it's trouble urinating or, you know, any of the things that you might associate with it, it's probably late in the, in the, in the game. So it's even, it's even more sinister than breast cancer, right? Because you just don't know it's there. It doesn't hurt. You don't get a sick, sick to your stomach. You know, there's just no symptoms. And so it makes the, the whole early screening thing even more important. It, and, we'll, and we can't say that enough, Christine. It's about going early. It's about getting the blood test. It's about being proactive because, once again, as we mentioned earlier with the statistics, the earlier they find it, the earlier they can you can survive and possibly get rid of it totally. And hopefully it doesn't come back. Yeah, and I know you talk, you've talked about that a lot, Larry, on your show and just sort of generally in your family and your friend group. If you you've known people who've had the disease and who have been treated and are living fruitful, wonderful, you know, full lives because they went and got screened and got treated. And, you know, I think there might be a stigma, right? Because men, unlike with breast cancer, everybody likes to talk about, if you pardon the expression, boobs, men don't want to talk about things, things below the belt, right? That's kind of an off limit subject matter. So there's this whole stigma about it, but honestly, the treatments have improved so much now that the earlier you catch it, the better it is, the better your life, the better the quality, you know, everything that goes along with that conversation is just better. And that's more good news, like what we were talking about before. Yeah, I'm very open about it, uh, Christine, because as I mentioned, I've had family members who've had to deal with it. Uh, my personal uh, 
experience was with colon cancer. And much as we talked about earlier when we spoke to the moms and the sisters and the aunts and the, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the females in the family to encourage the males in the family to go get done. That's what my wife did about me. She made the appointment for me to go and get my colon screened. And so when I went uh, and I know I've, I've told the story a number of times, but I can't tell it enough. So if you've heard it, I apologize if you haven't. I hope this encourages you. Uh, I went and I got screened and Christine, they found polyps. And when I came out of the surgery, the doctor said, who, why did you come here? And I said, well, my wife made the appointment for me and that's why I'm here. He said, well, and also Christy, I'm a man of faith. So he said, which I locked into me right away, thank God and thank God for her because we caught them early. Had they been cancerous, it would have been a different story. So I have no problem (laughs) sharing that story because I hope that that story encourages someone. And I took that. Christine, as encouragement for me and my job to tell everybody, I was telling people on the job. I was telling my family members. I was just, I was like a Pied Piper you know, for this because that's how important it is. And that's a margin for error. And I think, Christine, that sometimes we hear these, we hear these conversations and we know, we say, yeah, I know I'm going to get it done. I'm going to, I'll go do it. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. I'll do it yeah, after the yeah. virus is done. After the pandemic's over, I'll go do it. And then you find out that, Time, time waits for nobody, Christine. Those are important days, minutes, hours yeah. that yeah. could save your life. So true. In fact, I have a friend that's dealing with it right now who literally went from an undetectable PSA to an extremely high PSA in about nine months. Mm. And, you know, if he wasn't going in every single year to have that blood test, uh, I, I mean, I, don't, I hate to speak these words out loud, but if he had skipped a year, he may not have made it. So it really does matter. And God bless your wife for being so persistent. And I guarantee you the test for prostate cancer is not nearly as invasive as the test for colon cancer. (laughs) No, no, we're clear. (laughs) No, it is. It is. And and, and listen, I don't want to say that to scare you from colon cancer screening. No, but it is not. Not It is not even close. You don't even know. Yeah. (laughs) That's the best part. It's just just a regular blood test. You get your blood test done anyway. You go ahead and get the blood test. They'll figure it out and they move on from there. Yeah. Yeah. And and I just, you know, I think, thank your wife and all of the women out here who were saying, honey, I've already made the appointment. So don't fight it. You're just going to go ahead and get in the car and we're going to go ahead and go over to the doctor right now. And there's really not much of a discussion. You just get in the car and you go. Right. Because. Yeah. That could have and, and probably did end up helping save your life. And no you're worth it. About it. That's, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Want to find out if you have a predisposition to prostate cancer because of genetics? Go online, pcf.org. We'll continue prostate cancer conversation and awareness next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to New York Sports and Beyond on 98.7 ESPN. I'm Larry Hardesty. Let's conclude my conversation with Christine Jones, the Chief Operating Officer of the Prostate Cancer Foundation. You know, we've chatted now for a couple of years, and I always find um, my interviewees' uh, background so fascinating as to how they go from where they were to where they are now. And for you, it's really fascinating because you were (laughs) with – go daddy as an attorney and now you're here with the prostate cancer foundation that's intriguing for me take me through that that transition 
Yeah, but, you know, I joined GoDaddy when there were just about a dozen employees. Who, you know, <laughs> nobody had ever heard of us. Most people didn't really literally even know what a domain name was back then in the, in the early 2000s. And uh-huh. we grew the company to about 4,000 employees. And then we sold a controlling interest to a group of private equity companies. But I had spent a lot of time developing policy on the Internet. And I got recruited to run for office, which I did a couple of times. And if you've been paying attention to politics at all in the last couple of years, you know that is not a particularly enjoyable process. It can be quite brutal. So I I got recruited to interview for this job, and I went out and spent a day with Mike Milken, who's the founder of the Prostate Cancer Foundation. And, you know, I said, look, I don't have a prostate. I'm not really sure I'm the right guy for this job. And he said, well, you know, just come out and join us for a couple of years and, and see what we could do together. And I've, I've loved it so much. You know, I had never spent any time in the research community, particularly not in the medical research community. And it's just amazing, Larry. The, the science will just blow you away. Yes, you know, sure. we fund a lot of very, very, very bleeding edge early stage research that the pharma companies just can't afford to, to fund because it's just too expensive. Philanthropy funds all of that research. And if you could talk to some of these young PhDs and MDs who are in the lab looking through microscopes, you know, you, you see them and you think, oh, they're so nerdy and, and they're so academic. But you talk to these people and they really are so passionate about curing cancer. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, somebody's got to cure cancer, right? Somebody has to fix this. And so why not give back a little bit? I've been very fortunate in my life. I feel very, very well blessed. And so it's just been an honor to spend you know, the last three years leading a, a nonprofit that is focused on helping end a disease that impacts so many men, so many men, and some that I know and a lot that you know. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Christine, we, we've mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic a lot during this conversation, and I'm sure uh, money, which you need help, as you just mentioned, to help find the cure uh, donations, I'm sure, are not where they've been in the past. What has the challenge been there to try to uh, make up for that and continue to try to find the cure? It's really true. And, you know, it, it feels a little crass to say it, but the cure really comes from funding. The more money you have, the more scientists you can hire, the faster you get to a cure. So COVID has been challenging. You know, I, I think the American Cancer Society said that 80% of nonprofits aren't going to make it out of this live. And it's really tragic. So the funding is critically important. The other, and and of course, ours, like everybody else's, has been hit. That doesn't mean we've stopped funding, right? We funded a a class of young investigators this year, which is just doing mind-blowing science. But it's super important. You know, people listening, if they're interested and they care about it, they can go to PCF.org and, you know, make a small donation. Every single dollar counts. And we said, as much of that money as we can, almost every single dollar right back out to the research. But the, the interesting thing about COVID is, you know, cancer research labs shut down just like the rest of the world when the COVID hit. And so we tasked all of our researchers to pivot their work to COVID. And it turns out that there's one prostate cancer drug, which one of our Italian researchers actually figured out, which prevents men from dying from the coronavirus, a prostate cancer drug. So that drug actually right now is in a clinical trial here in the United States to give to men with very advanced uh, coronavirus. These men are not dying because they're getting a prostate cancer drug. Like who would have thought of that, right? 
There's another one that we we are testing in the it's out of Yale that came from Japan. It's actually used for acid reflux, weirdly, but that one also prevents people, men and women, from dying from the coronavirus. So even in the midst of being a cancer research organization, we've been able to pivot research to find therapeutics for the coronavirus, which is actually keeping people alive from that. So it's just been a wonderful experience to kind of be in the middle of it. And, you know, our, our colleagues that are, that are related entity, the Milken Institute, have been tracking every single therapeutic, every single vaccine. They've been working very closely with the FDA, the CDC, all of these entities to, you know, figure out which are most effective, which needs to go to the market. And particularly with Pfizer and Moderna, we've been very, very closely associated with them in the last year. And now look at people are getting their shots in their arms. So funding is so important, Larry, you know, we, it, it, but you wouldn't believe how generous some people can be, particularly in the midst of a pandemic when their business is down and their employees are having to be laid off. And, you know, the government's not coming through with a stimulus check. They're still making a donation. It's just it's so remarkable. It just gives me hope for humans because sometimes I, I'm a political junkie. Right. I watch the news and I think there's no hope. Everybody's fighting with each other. And then somebody comes through with something like this. And I think, OK, OK, we're, we're, we're going to be all right. Humans are still OK. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's been very refreshing. And it's got to be, Christine, for you and your staff. I'm talking to Christine Jones, chief operating officer of the Prostate Cancer uh, Foundation here on New York Sports and Beyond. It's got to be a challenge for you and your staff, it's like a roller coaster of emotions, I would think. You you see all the numbers that come in and you know, the fact that people are still men are still dying from prostate cancer. So there's that sadness. There's the encouragement of new things that you find out through research and whatnot. And then there's the frustration of why aren't men going early <laughs> to get themselves tested? It's gotta be a roller coaster of emotions for you at, at the foundation. It, it's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I guess it's sort of like, are you on offense or are you on defense when you're playing a, a, a professional sports game? Mm. We want to spend as much money as we can funding research, but we also have to make people aware Right. And it's, it's expensive to make people aware. So, you know, it is this roller coaster of emotions, because if every single person knew what you and I just talked about, there would be no reason for anybody to die. I mean, of course, there's there's a few unlucky souls, right? They get the really weird, super aggressive forms of cancer. And that happens in all the, the cancer diagnosis. Right. But there's no reason for anybody really to die if they could know that that it was so easy to get screened and to get treated. And so, yes, it's a huge roller coaster of emotions because we want to say research, research, research. But, oh, by the way, we we also want you to know what you and I are talking about right now. But I have a, an incredible staff of super smart, dedicated, hardworking people doing really serious work. And I'll tell you what. We're small but mighty. They do yeah. an enormous amount of work mm-hmm. with, you know, with um, limited resources. And they, you know, obviously very much appreciate people like you who help us get the word out. And, you know, I just can't thank you enough for that. Christine, in the closing minutes that we have, let's talk about your website. Because one of the things that I found out, in, um, and it's unfortunate, just we're celebrating a year ago that I lost my mother-in-law because she lost her battle Aww. with uh, dementia. And what what's so important I found out in going with her through that journey uh, was the resources 
for the caretakers, for those who unfortunately have prostate cancer to on their road to recovery, on their road to survival, on their road to whatever it is uh, that is in the future for them, that the fact that you always think you're alone, but there's so many people who are going through this who can help you and, and help you understand what it takes for the person that you're helping to care give. And just sometimes for you to just know that you could talk to somebody about it. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I'm so glad you brought that up because it is February and February is Valentine's Day. And during the month of February, in addition to focusing on black history and the the cis challenge with the NBA, we also try to honor caregivers. Hmm. And we have a number of Facebook groups for people who were similarly situated, whether it's older men or younger men or, you know, different kinds of cancer, those sorts of things. But we have caregiver groups. And during February, we collect these stories from caregivers. Sometimes it's wives, sometimes it's sisters, sometimes it's mothers. I mean, the the stories are absolutely incredible. And you you just read these and you think, you know, my gosh, they're for every single one of those men that you talked about, that's going to be diagnosed. Somebody's taking care of them. And the stories are just, just uh, amazing. Actually, just as a side note, we pick a winner sort of, you know, the, the most compelling or the, the most moving story. And, and Kristen Bell, the actress, kind of curates a, a care package or a gift for them. But that's, oh, wow. and you can find more about that on our, our Facebook page. But the, the resources are so important. And whether it's for caregivers or patients, PCF.org really is the definitive resource for science grounded information about prostate cancer. And I, I just beg you, please, please don't ask Dr. Google what you should do about your cancer diagnosis really? because one of, our, one of our researchers actually did a study two years ago and found out that more than 80% of the information that Dr. Google provides is incorrect. Oh. Please go to PCF.org, download our patient guide. It's the definitive guide. It's, it's edited by more than a dozen MDs and PhDs around the world the most recent, most groundbreaking information and super helpful information, both for patients and caregivers in the form of uh, questions and answers. You can talk to your doctor about all the, the news about the journey of what to expect. It's sort of like the, the pregnancy books, you know, for, for people with cancer. And we have been told by people, in fact, I think uh, Dr. Drew Pinsky said that book basically saved his life because it mm. told him the entire journey that he should take when he was diagnosed with, with prostate cancer. So PCF.org, it's all free. We, you know, we, we have a special guide for, for black men. We have just a sort of a shorter, more brief resource that every man should know. We have the patient guide for people who were diagnosed. We have a wellness guide, which is excellent that I mentioned earlier. Just there's so many free resources out there. There's no reason for people not to go and just take advantage of those. No, no, no obligation. Absolutely. And Christine, let's wrap up with uh, a final reminder about the Black History Month challenge, Assist Challenge. Yeah, just I, I really just want to thank the NBA. During Black History Month, the NBA teams up with us to help us bring awareness about the facts regarding prostate cancer and what men need to know about their risks and their numbers. And, you know, we talk all NBA players always know the score. They always know what their stats are. They know how many how many assists, how many rebounds, how many free throws, et cetera, right? We want men to know their score. So I cannot thank the NBA and particularly the Atlanta Hawks enough for helping us get this word out. It is super important in the black community because the risk is higher. The death rate is higher. And if you want to know more, you can find out at PCF.org.
Christine, I say it every year. I'm going to say it again. Uh, please pass along our thanks to your staff, your staff of researchers for fighting the good fight every day, going in, trying to work to find the cure for cancer, especially prostate cancer. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon. If there's anything that you've got cooking as far as prostate cancer awareness that my, my audience needs to know, pick up the phone and call us. We're always there. Thanks for a couple of minutes this Sounds Sunday. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Larry. It's always great to talk to you. That wraps up this edition of New York Sports and Beyond here on 98.7 ESPN. We thank you for listening. We'll join you during the week on ESPN New York Tonight with Gordon Damer and right back here next Sunday on New York Sports and Beyond. Of course, we'll see you later today on the Larry Hardesty Show. For my all-world producer, the legendary primetime Ray Santiago, happy belated birthday, and the coach, Anthony Pusick, I'm Larry Hardesty. The conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.